Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 7 of Revelation chapter 22. And we're going to be reading Revelation 22 verses 5 and 6. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign for ever and ever. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. I'll stop reading there. Now, um, in our last study, we were looking at verse 5. And we went pretty much through the whole verse except for the last part, the last statement. And they shall reign forever and ever. And this is referring to God's servants the ones that have his name in their foreheads, the elect of God, all those that God has saved out of this world, will reign forever and ever. Now, we know that in salvation, when God saves um, a sinner, when he saves one of his elect, as he did throughout history, and, and then completed his salvation program by May 21, 2011, that each one that God saves lives forever and ever. That they, uh, they're given eternal life and they will never die. And, and so that's implied here in this statement. They shall reign forever and ever in order to reign forever and ever. You have to live forever and ever. But even more than living forever, living eternally, God is saying that those that he has saved, these elect people chosen by him, according to his good pleasure, is the only reason why, from before the foundation of the world, he determined to save these people, and now he's accomplished it. And in Revelation 22, we're reading of the new heaven and new earth. He's bringing them into glory, into the new creation. And and all things that God has spoken of this world have been completed and fulfilled. And now he gives the... Uh, completion of salvation with new resurrected bodies and the saints begin to live with God eternally forever and ever. But also it is life forevermore as a king, as a ruler, as someone who reigns. That's what it means to reign uh, for instance, it says the same word is used in Revelation 19. And um, I'll start reading in verse 5 into verse 6. And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, 
all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. And that's the same word. God, the omnipotent, the almighty is what omnipotent means. The God with all power reigneth. Of course he does. He is king. He's king of kings. And and actually, uh, you know that statement in 1 Timothy 6, where we read of the Lord Jesus Christ, he is king of kings and lord of lords. The the second word king, king of kings in in that verse in 1 Timothy 6 is actually the word reigneth. And and literally uh, it it's the only time this word which is Strong's number 936 is translated as kings. It, everywhere else it's reign or reigneth. But literally, it means that Christ is king of the those that reign, or or the reigners, and 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 that is the body of believers, everyone that God has saved, and in salvation, here's what the Bible tells us happens spiritually, and just because something happens spiritually doesn't mean it hasn't happened. Or doesn't mean it's not uh, a reality. Uh, uh, you know, um, God is judging the world spiritually. That's a spiritual reality. God judged the churches spiritually. That was a spiritual reality. Why is it that you and I do not go to church and would not even think of going to church? Because of the reality that God's Spirit is not present any longer, and the churches came under the wrath of God. And and so we we know that's a reality, and we wouldn't dare. Uh, it, oh, it, it would be the last thing we would ever want to enter into a church. And yet it's a reality, even though it was a spiritual judgment, Likewise, the judgment on the world is a spiritual reality. And when God saved his people, uh, here, here's what he says he did spiritually in Revelation chapter 1, beginning in verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Christ through saving his people at the point of their salvation made them kings and priests spiritually. We were made kings and priests, and and we in in this life, uh, you know, we're we're nothings, we're nobodies. Um, the children of God, God uses the weak and beggarly to confound the wise and and the mighty of the world, and and so uh, many of us 
are much more like Lazarus the beggar than the rich man. And uh, even though God's people could have money or whatever, but in, but we're all poor in spirit and the world really has no time or no interest in the children of God. We are nobodies to them. We're of hardly any significance. But the spiritual reality is, even if we're a janitor or we're a, a trash man or whatever our our job in the world is, whatever our situation is, if we're a housewife, it it, it doesn't matter. God has made us kings uh, and and princes unto God and His Father. First of all, He made us of royal blood when when He saved us by His blood and adopted us into the family of God and made us heirs of the kingdom, heirs of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we will inherit the the kingdom of heaven. We'll inherit the promised land of the new heavens and new earth. And and spiritually, the at the point of salvation, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter two, in verse five, starting there. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us, quickened means to be brought to life, quickened us together with Christ, by grace you're saved, and has raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. In verse 6, we're raised up together with Christ. We sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And to sit in the Bible, it means like a king sits on the throne to rule. You, the king reigns from a seated position. R- remember Second Thessalonians 2, when it spoke of the man of sin taking his seat in the temple, showing himself that he was God and so forth. And, and when we are raised up in salvation into the heavenlies to be seated in Christ, that's language that we are reigning with him. And that's what um, it said in Revelation 20. If you recall when we went through this chapter in Revelation 20 in verse 6. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. And the first resurrection is the resurrection of the soul. Which happens when someone would have heard the word of God and God blessed his word and and created a new heart within them. It's the resurrection of the Spirit. It's being born again. And everyone that's saved experiences the first resurrection of the Spirit. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they, all those that have experienced the first resurrection, 
shall be priest of God and of Christ. Just as it said in Revelation 1, verse 6, he's made us kings and priests. Well, here it says, they shall be priests of God and Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. It's basically saying the same thing. They're priests and kings because kings reign. And they, these blessed souls, these blessed individuals that have all been saved by the grace of God and, and, you know, they themselves don't deserve it. Not a one of them, not a one of us, not a one that God has saved at any point in time from Abel all the way to the present. Not one single elect person could we look at and say, well, he was a good man and and that's why God saved him. It's not true of any of us. None are righteous. No, not one. None are good. None of us qualified or deserved or earned or should have been saved based on anything we did ourselves, any merit. It, it's all by grace, according to God's good pleasure. And, and yet it is a tremendous salvation where God turns these filthy, vile wretches, these sinners that are rebels and offenders and transgressors of his law, and he takes these evil ones and he transforms them and gives them a new heart, the first resurrection, and of course with the promise of the resurrection to come of the body, and it it will come and be completed, and he makes them priests, and he causes them to reign with him, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. For how long they shall reign with him? A thousand years. And how do we understand a thousand in the Bible? It points to the completeness of whatever is in view. In this case, it is the completeness of the reign of God's elect with Christ. And how long shall God's elect reign with Christ? Well, according to our verse in Revelation 20, verse 5, they shall reign forever and ever. And and therefore, the thousand years is pointing to eternity. They shall reign with him for a thousand years. The completeness of eternity future. Forever and ever. It, it, it really is um, a tremendous thing that God takes the, the worst of sinners. Uh, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom the Apostle Paul was moved to say, yet it's a very true and accurate statement, of whom I am chief. He, that is, Paul realizes, I'm the worst. Uh, I am the chief, the, the top sinner. Uh, I am the, uh, the worst wretch that, um, that God ever saved. And that's the understanding of Paul as he looked at himself through 
the word of God and he saw because God gave him eyes to see the commandments and, and, and the law of God, the Bible. And he saw how, uh, he failed so often against that law and he saw his sin. Well, it's a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation for each one of us. We're, we're not anybody special when it comes to our sin, except that we're the chief of sinners. That it really ought to be the perspective of each child of God, as God has shown us through the scripture, through his law, our sins. Well, let's let's also look at Revelation 11. Revelation 11 says in verse 15, And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. That's why we reign forever and ever, because he reigns forever and ever. The Lord God himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, that King of kings, is upon the throne forevermore, and he rules over his glorious kingdom of heaven. And where are we? Well, according to the Bible, we're in him. We're with him. We're reigning with Christ a thousand years. And therefore, we reign forever and ever. Uh, you know, um, I've mentioned this before, that God likens himself to a king. And in the Bible, we know that kings uh, like King Ahasuerus ruled over many provinces, 127 provinces. And 127 relates to the the age of Sarah when she died. And Sarah is a picture of all the believers. So it's as though God is ruling over all of his elect, uh, is the spiritual picture of Ahasuerus ruling over the 127 provinces. But a king uh, uh, with a vast domain, uh, he needs people that he can trust, an earthly king. And so often kings would set up their sons and and they would give them rule over this province over here and another one over there. There's 127 provinces or or uh, just numerous nations that require uh, rule and a king, an earthly king, cannot uh, give attention, uh, the necessary attention to each one. So, uh, he, he trusts his sons, he sets them up over these provinces, and if they're, they're good sons, they report back to him, and they, the sons, rule the province, but they're under the, the king over all the provinces, and in a way, that's the idea. In all likelihood, God, who is from eternity past, has many creations. And now he has redeemed, he has purchased, he has made a people for himself. 
that perhaps number as many as 200 million, and they are all the sons of God. They are all his heirs, all adopted into the family of God, all of royal blood, all made kings and priests. And and uh, here is God with who knows how uh, tremendous, how vast a kingdom of heaven, how many creations God has been occupied in creating from all eternity past, and how many he will occupy himself in creating into eternity future. And so, to the faithful, to his elect that he has brought out of this world and into this new creation, this new heaven and earth, he may say, Thou hast been faithful over little, over little. Be thou faithful over five cities. And to another, Thou well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. Be thou over ten cities. And so forth to each one of his sons. Uh, you rule, you reign over this creation, and you go over here and reign over that creation, and and it will be a very faithful sons of God, very faithful heirs, a very faithful kings, an under kings that that rule under the King of Kings, and and return. Always faithfully, always honestly, always seeking the best for the kingdom because there's no sin, no pride, no desire to usurp authority of the one almighty God, our Savior, and it will be a beautiful kingdom that God has established and that God continues to grow into this eternal future, that means a future without end, where God's elect live and live and live. They have life, life forevermore, no death, and they are kings forevermore, reigning forevermore. And uh, this is the inheritance of the child of God. This is what God has promised to his people and what his word has told us to wait for. And with a good expectation, a good hope, we wait humbly, lowly in this world, even though by God's grace, through his salvation, he has made us kings and priests. We recognize we're nothing in the world, and that's okay for a short while, for a temporal period, for a little season. What does it matter what people perceive or what they think or how they treat us? What does it matter to experience a little affliction or tribulation? What does it matter to have physical ailments or a a little anguish of soul to be downcast for a, a few short moments? It's only a momentary affliction and will soon give way to an eternal weight of glory, eternal joy, abundance of 
blessings forevermore that we really, truly cannot even imagine. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.